race fans. Welcome to episode number 33 of After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I'm Kyle Hall, and that, I think he's that way. He's either that way or that way, but I think he's that way tonight, uh, is Matt Baker. And uh, welcome, Matt Baker, to After the Checkers. Ah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am. I was, uh, you're, you're, we don't know each other very well whatsoever, but I, I thoroughly enjoy your racing and I and, uh, love the graphics on your car. And so, uh, right from the beginning of the season, you were scratched down on the list of a guy that had to get onto the show this year. So, well, I guess uh, good or bad, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> exactly. No, it'll be great. It'll be great. So, uh, need to thank. We have a new sponsor on board with us. Uh, last episode, uh, Woody's Manufacturing and Woody's Racing. Thank you so much to both of them uh, businesses. Woody's Manufacturing over in Princeton, Minnesota. They do powder coating, uh, laser cutting. They can build custom trailers. If, you got, if you're out there and you want to build a custom toter home, uh, they do that kind of stuff. Chassis repair, all sorts of metal kind of fabrication and stuff like that. So give them a call if you have any of that kind of stuff. Sandblast your trailer, repaint the trailer, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and then Woody's Racing, same company, but a different side of the same company. Woody's Racing is, um, they're an Articat uh, factory racing team in the wintertime on snowmobiles. Um, and then they are also the largest Sunoco uh, fuel, like the race fuel that, I, that Matt Baker, I would bet, uses Sunoco race fuel. Um, uh, they're the largest distributor of that. Uh, and so you can go to, go to uh, uh, Woody's Racing on Facebook, find them, get your fuel that way, or you can, they'll bring it right to the track to you if, if, they're, if they're at a track that, that you race at. So uh, thank you to both Woody's Manufacturing, Woody's Racing for being on board and supporting the show. So. Uh, having done that part, Matt Baker, um, first questions first is, um, I, I was going to start, no, we're not going to do that question first. There's a super obvious question that everyone wants to know about Matt Baker, and we're going to wait till that one's a little bit later. So how, how did you, uh, uh, you know, where are you from? What do you do for a living? That kind of stuff. Um, I've always lived around uh, central Minnesota, specifically St. Joseph. Haven't strayed too far from here my whole life. Um, I'm an electrician, and it's just uh, kind of me in a nutshell at the moment. On Facebook, that explains that that weird roof thing that you had a, a, like a couple of days ago. You had a picture of like it looked like Tron. That was really cool. Like you did that. <laughs> Yeah, we do some, uh, get to do some pretty cool, uh, innovative products at work and different projects, I should say. It was, it. it was one of the more modern ones we've done. It's something yeah. that's new that's coming onto the scene. So you'll see some of it in some places you go coming up. I, I loved it. It was really, really cool. So so how, how long have you raced then? Have you been racing long or are you new to it? Or as good as you are, I suspect you either have immense natural talent or you've been around a while. Uh, neither. <laughs> um, I, I got into racing probably later than just about anybody else that's around here that I know. Um, I've only been racing. This is my sixth year. Um, I started when I was, started when I was 32. Um, I kind of got sucked in, uh, through some people you might be familiar with. Um, I used to help Bud Martini quite a bit and sure. got to know him and his brother, Eric, and, <laughs> I messed around a little while playing around with some full-sized uh, rear-wheel drive ice racing cars for a few years, and Love that. Um, it was fun. And they kind of poked fun at me for it and wanted me to get into something a little bit more legitimate in their eyes, and kind of got sucked in. And 
I don't, couldn't get enough of it, really. And here so. you are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so Bud, Bud Light, that's like, I, I've always known, like, I didn't know Eric even, I didn't know either one of them had a name other than Bud and Bud Light for my whole childhood. That's what I thought their names were. Until honestly, it wasn't until I started Dirt Track announcing that I re realized that Bud was really Mark. I'm like, there's another one. There's a Mark Martini too. <laughs> like it never even yeah. occurred to me, but but uh, uh, there there is. And then Eric, all of my friends, Ron Johnson, like all of the people I hung out with when I was a little kid, and they were all you know drinking in the pits after the races. They called Eric Bud Light because he's the little brother. So um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun, but. Well, that's a good crew to, to kind of get your start with. And uh, obviously a little later than, than uh, you know, the 14-year-olds and 12-year-olds that are that are racing late models and stuff like that today. So, but clearly, so a couple of weeks ago, I came to you and I said, hey, Matt, I want you to be on the show. And, and we were standing in your trailer, which is a, it's just a normal, regular enclosed trailer, nothing super, there's no elevators or second stories or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and you said something during that little 10 minute conversation that, that you are the rare, that you are working legit working on that car in January, not like I walked by it and zipped some tin off the side of it, working on the car, getting it ready to go in January, four months, five months before the season starts. Yeah. Um, I get a little carried away on things. Uh, I kind of obsess about every single little detail. So actually it, it almost starts more around the holiday season, more around Christmas time, kind of when I'm wrapping up with my bull hunting and then I, I go full bore into, into the dirt track stuff. And I don't know, I just start from scratch every year and try to, I mean, I'll overanalyze things that probably don't matter. I just can't, well, I can't stop. It's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> Well, it, it's, it's, it's leading to huge results though. Like you're, you, if you could get a draw, man, like you would be unbeatable, like, but you're, you start way the hell back there every damn week and, and you come to the front every damn week. And so, um, there's maybe something to be said, obviously about talent. You, you obviously are a great wheel man and you're patient, um, but man, if the car is perfect every single night, because you've put the time in. There's that old saying that the, the race is won in the shop, not on the track. And and uh, you maybe are the personification of exactly that. If you're putting in that many hours that early on, I mean, there's, I know several people that like look at the schedule and go, holy crap, it's Thursday. The races are on Saturday or Sunday. Let, we got to get the car ready to go, you know? And they blow the leaves out of the cockpit and see if it starts and say it's ready to go. Um, yeah. And so it is... Uh, uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. So, so does that continue during the season now? Are you taking things apart that aren't broke just to make sure they're not broke kind of a thing? Um, it, it never really ends. It's, it's like having a second full-time job, especially if you want to try to run at the front these days, you know, you're competing against a lot of really big, you know, chassis manufacturers, a lot of, you know, you know, talent, um, really sharp minds out there and, and big pocketbooks too, you know, I'm not going to lie. So it's, I got to do everything I can to try to keep up with these guys. And it's not easy. I, I, I miss my setup a lot of times too. And I'm, I'm obviously not afraid to, to try out kinds of wacky new things and things that are unproven and stuff that's, 
you'll never find a definitive answer no matter how you try to you know sure. search for it you just got to try it and be bold and not care you know okay so you brought it up everyone who's ever seen matt baker race and look over here coming out of turn four or look over here going into turn one and looking at the back of your car or looking at the front of your car over here what is up with that car like first question it's clearly legal right because you would have been disqualified like 14 seconds into week one if that weird like you're sideways all the time like in the trailer that car is sideways and so i know you're not going to give us all of your thought process on that car but can you give it give us give us a snippet on what you're thinking there so uh, that's the crazy thing about it is it works i knew this can of worms was coming <laughs> so you brought it uh, up. <laughs> yeah uh well um okay it's, uh, it's been measured 16 ways from sunday so it's good like you're 100 percent legal in wasoda's eyes Last year, um, my car was very similar. Um, it got thoroughly measured weekly last year, got really scrutinized early this year. Um, Billy Engelstead, the head, head tech guy, has kind of been on me, and um, um, he did want me to make a few changes early in the year, and I did. And um, I guess from there on, it's kind of uh, my oddity to, to know about and nobody else, I guess. But it's. Yeah. No, and, it, it, and that's one hundred percent. If if there's stuff there that's like, uh, go ahead and let everyone else figure it out. It's it's not that it's it's not as wild as you might think, or that awesome. It doesn't work that that great. It's just something I like to tinker with. I can't. Uh, I just can't go the normal route. You know, I I can't do anything the standard way. It just isn't fun to me. So I mean, I could you could hand me a, a GRT uh, MB custom SSR, whatever it may be, and guarantee that I'm going to have the fastest car every night because you're going to hand me a, a spoon fed setup and it's just going to be the best. And you, even with that guarantee, I wouldn't enjoy the win. I just it's have to I have to do it my own way. I have to. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said about that. I, I think that's commendable, like super commendable. The whole built not bought you know, on the, on the, the rear of the wing, there's a cool thing, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that can jump in and wheel a car and, and that's awesome. But when you ask, Hey, you know what, and I'm one of them, by all means, I don't know the first thing about setting up a car, but there's a lot of drivers that don't know the first thing about setting up a car either. And you're not one of those, when you go out there and, and feel the track a certain way, you can come back and get the wrenches out and make an effective adjustment on the car on purpose like not well change the air pressure kind of thing and so um i think that's pretty awesome matt yeah i need to step back a little bit too there and give a little credit where it's due i'm i mean not saying that i built the chassis eric martini built my chassis and there's some some core aspects to that chassis that are just phenomenal the guy he's He's not somebody to really sleep on when it comes to knowing dirt car stuff. So, I mean, I, I can't claim that, you know, I, any success I have is me. I would say more so the failure failures I have are, are me, you know, I'll, are you? I'll, I'll, I'll really kind of get out of, you know, my comfort zone pretty far just to try stuff. And I, I mean, I'm, 
I'm, I'm always trying stuff. So sometimes it works, just, sometimes it doesn't. But that's it's how I'm, innovation gets made. It's it's how yeah. you know, like I I look at the success that Hendrick Motor. I'm a NASCAR fan. I know a lot of dirt track guys don't like as a NASCAR stuff. I like competition. I was thinking about this just the other day. Like I like to watch golf and bowling and freaking uh, cornhole on ESPN. Like I just I I've determined that it's I like competition. Like this guy versus this guy is what I like kind of yeah. thing. And so, um, but in NASCAR, like Hendrick right now for, for two or three years, they haven't been very good. And right now they're freaking dominating. Um, and it's because for two or three years, I bet you they were trying some goofy, weird stuff and found one of the hundred things they tried that worked. And now everyone else got to figure that out kind of thing. And so for a guy like yourself, that that is willing to not, run the same line or not run that exact same setup and content to like well we're, we're we got a top five tonight and we're happy no i would suspect that that a top five to you is like son of a bitch like you know yeah exactly it's, and so it's bittersweet i guess the longer you get into racing i i kind of missed the first couple of years of racing where if i made tech it was it was it was fun you know yeah. and now it's it gets to the point now where you're a lot more competitive. You're out there to win, and that's it. You know, right. second place just isn't. I mean, you're not upset, but you're just it. You're you're really focused on how did I not win that race? What right. what can I possibly do better? We we got to get better. I have to get better. You know, and I'm and I am a pretty hit or miss person on the track. Going back to the setup stuff because I try so much stuff, so I feel like I'm. Some nights I feel really good out there. Other nights it's like, oh man, people are probably wondering what's wrong with me because I'm wondering what's wrong with me. Why did I try it? You know, but it's <laughs> that just, didn't work. So yeah. are you a notes guy? I would imagine you're a you're a, a meticulous note taker. Then if you're that OCD about that kind of stuff, you're probably in, out of the car, take the helmet off, writing some notes about that didn't work. Yeah, if you find my notebook laying in the pits, uh, please return to yeah, exactly immediately. immediately. Property of twenty-seven, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, switching switching gears a little bit. Um, some of the questions I've written down for you: If you are you going for a national championship? Is that is that the intent in twenty twenty one to be the Wasoda Midwest Modified National Champion? Unfortunately, no. I would love to, but uh, it's just not in the not in the works this year, um, or probably any year. Just I don't have the time. Um, takes a it takes, I mean, every aspect of your program really yeah. get stretched to the max. Time, money, everything. I can't run three, four nights a week and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Nope. That makes sense. So track championships, though. Um, I. You know, I've never chased points, whether it's track championships or anything. I just kind of let it come. If if I would wind up with one, you know, that's that's great. You know, I intend probably the only track I intend to race every week without missing a show would be Granite City. And just yeah. because I'm so close as far as locations. Sure, sure. Well, you are the points leader there. And so whether that's it's going to really piss a lot of people off if you accidentally win the track championship. <laughs> Whatever. If I get it, I get it. Well, I mean, it's not that I accidentally, I mean, if I, I mean, I'm going to try to show up every, every day. And then if once I'm there, I give it my all. So, right, there's, right. you know, it's tough going back to you talk about bad draw. A lot of it now turns into the point invert deal. So, you know, starting five, six throws back in the future makes it tough, but that's, it's yeah. Yeah. Little, but in all honesty, you know, Matt, you are, 
one of the better guys that I've seen and I, in other tracks and that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm thinking of a couple people. You're one of the better guys, top five guys at starting eighth, you know, outside row four or 10th outside row five and finding yourself a third place, second place winner from back in the field kind of a thing. You're, you're, your driving style is super patient and you're willing to it. I wonder if you, did you race motocross ever as a kid? I raced snowcross for five years, but okay. I wasn't very good at it. I was just mediocre. <laughs> but the lesson is still learned there. Same, same, same is people that have raced either snowcross or, or motocross, four wheelers, whatever are taught. You don't follow the guy in front of you and you're very good at, not getting in line and being content to run seventh when everyone's just right around the tires, right around the tires, the 27s up at the wall or, or at least a row up trying to hunt something up. And maybe, maybe you lose a spot, but maybe you go forward by four spots too, kind of thing. And so it's a, it's a, it's a different kind of mentality to a lot of racers. And so, and, and if you're going to be the point leader, you're going to, you better get get that passing. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I'd say in the last couple of years, uh, the mentality has changed a little bit. You start to realize out on the track, you know, there's, I'm not there for a second. So if I'm in second safely, pretty much guaranteed second, I'm probably going to risk winding up fourth or fifth to try to win the race instead. Move out of the the, the good line. Do whatever right, you yeah. got to do. It's just yeah. yeah. No, that's – as an announcer, I love that, Matt, because it gives like, – closing <laughs> laughs, you're, there's, like, something to talk about kind of a thing. So, yeah. um. So tell us where does 27 come from? Cause I, like I, I see your email and it's every racer's email has their racing number in it. Is, is your email, your snowcross number? Well, actually, yeah, I just, I was 270 for snowcross and just shortened it up. The 27. That's, so all yeah, right. no, that makes no, sense. No. That makes sense. So there's no special, like I was born on the 27th. My dad was the 27, none of that kind of stuff. No, I wanted to keep it kind of plain because I don't know. Everybody puts a letter after it or this or that. I said, ah, I'll just do a number. Good I enough. Am the same way. My my racing number is thirteen, and it's thirteen. Like if yeah. somebody else shows up at the track that's thirteen, they get to put the letter behind. I'm not changing <laughs> my number, damn it. And so hmm. it's uh, no numbers are supposed to be numbers, not letters. I don't. Yep. I, as an announcer, I could care less, but as the driver, like it's a number, damn it. And it's got to be this big. Numbers are yeah. meant to be this big. Like the the little, you know, like boat numbers that some drivers have on their car. I'm like, mm -hmm. nope, nope. That's your, you got to have a big, bold number. So, so yeah. your graphic is, is that, I always think it looks like the, the 1970s, like TV logo kind of, is that, is it supposed to be? Yes. Yes. I've always loved retro stuff from the 70s and 80s, the different stuff you'd see on desert vehicles or you know people's lowrider vans or anything like that I, I just thought that was some of the, the most stylish art ever and I've always liked that stuff and I've kind of tossed around the idea for a few years of doing this graphic scheme and uh, Dylan Cromshoulder at DK and Design just nailed kind of it was, it was tough to explain what I wanted you know I, and I think he nailed it for what I wanted so. no I, I love it and that's Without you telling me that's what it was, that's what I see when I look at it. So that's that's perfect. The only thing is on the if if that's what it's going after is like the the band with the shade carpeting on the inside of it from 1968. 
is on the sale panel. We need to have like a teardrop, uh, a teardrop cutout or a heart cutout or something in there because there was always one of those in the back of that van. Yeah, yeah, or a bubble window. That would be awesome. So, can you have a cutout? You must be able to have a cutout in your sale panel. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta get on that. We gotta get on that's valuable real estate though. That's that's where my sponsor is. That well, we shrink that sponsor up. We'll talk to that sponsor and see if he can sponsor the, the yeah. heart-shaped cutout in the in yeah. the uh, sale panel. But no, maybe towards the end of the year when the body's going to get taken off, anyways. But yeah. Uh, so whole different subject altogether. What do you eat food at the racetrack? Um, I typically have no appetite until afterwards. I mean, maybe an hour or two after my feature is when I start to feel hungry. But yeah. What is your favorite racetrack food? Oh, I'm going to bore people with this. I'm such a plain eater. I love just plain hamburgers and cheeseburgers. A lot of times I won't even put ketchup on it. Just a hamburger. Oh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty boring eater. <laughs> That's all right, though. That's all right, though. So uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other questions here. So we, we always do what's called the pay it forward question, um, which is where my last guest Ask the next guest a question. My last guest was the executive director of Wasota, was Carson Graham. Um, and I told him that you were going to be my next guest. And so uh, his question for you was, how did you, like, obviously you got in very late. What led you to dirt track racing? And we kind of got that answer. But is there, is there maybe answer the question of how, how did the association with Bud and Eric come about? Because it's obviously them that pushed you into into dirt track racing. Um. So as I was ice racing, I blew up a motor, and I'm, to this day, I don't know that much about motors. I'm not a motor guy. Um, leave that to some other expert. Um, and I had, I think I got a little bit bamboozled on a Craigslist motor, and I blew that up, and I needed a motor, and I was talking to a buddy who knew. Bud Martini said, I'll call him. He's probably got some motors or whatever. And I called him and he said, yeah, I got, uh, he actually had it in one of his plow trucks, just an old 350 is all I wanted, you know, and I uh, went over there and picked it up one night and started shooting the shit. And he offered to let me come and help in the pits, you know, and I was always an nice. avid fan. I, I, I mean, I spent the previous part of my life every night I could watching from the stands, you know, and I just, never thought one day I could ever even be that up and close with the cars, let alone right. now be in a car. Um, so that's kind of how it transpired. That's how I got to know Bud. And just, I took him up on his offer, started helping that spring and couldn't get enough of it. I just wanted to work on that car as much as I could. That's so. awesome. That's it's, that's a cool story. They, I, that's the best part of this show for me is hearing, hearing the, how it started kind of a thing. And, and, were you raised like the maybe the favorite one is is James Trantina who 10 literally 10 years ago hated dirt track racing and said it's like you watch it and it's like stupid if people go in it like it's this is stupid and and some friends talked him into going to Alexandria and he's like yeah this is I mean it doesn't suck I guess and then fast forward a decade later he owns a racetrack and so yeah and race teams and cars and all sorts of stuff and so it's um I love those types of stories that like I ran into Bud and he said, Why don't you come and grind my tires? And like yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's a there's a thousand stories like that, and I intend to tell every one of them on this channel. So 
Um, okay, so pay it forward question. You get to ask the maybe the hottest shoe in all of racing right now. His name's Parker Anderson. He's also the number 27. Um, uh, comes over from Wisconsin, just a young fella. So what would your question to Parker Anderson be? And it, it does not have to be racing related. It can be anything. Put you on this spot. How, how dare you steal my number spotlight? <laughs> no, just I'm just just kidding. No, I, I would uh, a real real question would be um, name somebody at your home track or any track in general that's tends to go as kind of an unsung hero that that most people don't give credit to that really helps make the show every night. Question. That is a great question. So you're not necessarily not a driver necessarily, but just someone that's there doing their job that doesn't get noticed. Somebody behind the scenes typically, or I, anybody that helps the program that doesn't get get the credit they deserve on a weekly basis. That might have been the deepest question that I've that someone's given me so far. I get a lot of like, what's your favorite track food, that kind of thing. But that's a that's a deep question, Matt. It says a lot about you. Uh. <laughs> how how old are you? Can can we know how old you are? I'm 38. 38. So 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 this 1970s thing is is total. Like you weren't even born in the 1970s. No. You were born in 82. No. I like a lot of the good stuff that was before my time. Yeah, exactly. That's me too. Me too. So, um, well, very cool. I I couldn't thank you enough for spending some time with us here, Matt. And uh, and people, if you're if you're like Ogilvy and Granite City are your two tracks almost every single week. Is there other track? Are you a are are you a Friday night guy, Thursday night guy ever? Um, I have been pretty much a Friday night guy for the last few years up at Fergus Falls and. Yeah. Just as of late, I missed a few Fridays there, but um, it's hard to say with work and whatnot. Um, I just try to go where I can. Sometimes it's nice to have that day in between, race a Friday, have a Saturday off, race a Sunday, because sure. kind of, I'm a one-man operation, so it gets to be a bit much sometimes. Yeah, it so. gets to be a grind for sure. So, yeah. Well, man, I, I love watching your race. I love your style. You're clean but aggressive, and you're fast, uh, and you're clearly a super nice guy, and uh, I, I think you were worried about how this came across. I think people are going to love you, man. And so uh, you need to cheer for that 27. And, and uh, uh, I think the state championship is well within your grasp, for, if not one, maybe two. So well, um, we'll see. I appreciate the kind words, and uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll chat with you probably this coming weekend. We'll probably see you. So thank you very much, Matt, for, for being on the show. All right. Thank you. You bet.